If you appreciate Issues Etc., our 24-7 music and talk stations, and our daily verse-by-verse Bible study, The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, please include a bequest in your will or trust for these worldwide media resources. A bequest allows you to receive an estate tax charitable deduction and reduces the tax burden on your family. Ensure your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren the opportunity to listen by including a bequest in your will or trust for Issues Etc., Lutheran Public Radio, and the Word of the Lord endures forever. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. Well, he healed the sick and afflicted, and he raised them Things got so bad in ancient Israel that the leaders of the people, the elders of Israel, were committing atrocities and abominations in the temple of God. Ezekiel, he sees it in a vision, and then he sees what God is going to do about it. God is going to withdraw his glory from the temple and from the people, but only for a time, because with this warning of judgment comes a promise of restoration. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc., coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We'll be teaching a Sunday school lesson on the Lord leaving the temple in Ezekiel 8, 10, and 36. We'll spend some time with Dr. Michael New of the Charlotte Lozier Institute discussing pro-life efforts in 2024. Pastor Trevor Sutton will be alongside for a conversation on neural implants and artificial intelligence. And then Dr. Mark Rockenbach will conclude our three-part series on forgiveness and unforgiveness today, forgiveness and abuse. He's co-author of The Issues, Etc., Book of the Month for January, Unforgivable, How God's Forgiveness Transforms Our Lives. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Thank you. What are the circumstances with Judah and Ezekiel at the time of these visions that the prophet gets? Yes. Ezekiel was a prophet that God called who was with the exiles in Babylon that Nebuchadnezzar had, of course, conquered. And this was before the destruction of the Temple of Jerusalem. But they were still in exile because of their disobedience against God. We believe Ezekiel was written somewhere around 590 BC. And Many places are mentioned in Ezekiel, such as Jerusalem, the temple, Egypt, etc. Ezekiel is the prophet chosen by God in the exile, speaking God's word to the exiled children of Israel. And the point is, that God promises his people in exile that he's still watching over them and will someday restore them. Though they are far from home, God has not forgotten them and loves them dearly. Now the people feel as if they are dead because of this exile. They are being put to death they are experiencing famine, etc. But that is because of their wickedness. That's the context of the book of Ezekiel. 
what did Ezekiel see in his vision? What he saw in his vision, and this is interesting, that this was not a vision that he saw when he was asleep. He actually was alive. He says, the word of the Lord came to me in chapter 18, verse 1. And he says, as I live, declares the Lord, you will be speaking to the people of Israel concerning their sins and why they are in exile. And God is punishing the people of exile because they have really left the commandments of God and they're worshiping other God, other idols, even in the temple of God. And that is causing God to be very angry with his people. He sees the people doing things in the temple in that vision. What kind of things? Yes. First of all, the elders are not worshiping God properly. They have set up other pictures and visions of false gods concerning the people in Babylon, and they are worshiping them. There is no Passover going on. There is a lot of sinfulness going on in the temple itself. And God will not tolerate that. It reminds us of Jesus in the New Testament going into the temple of God and upraising the tables where they were trying to raise money by selling animals and doing things that were inappropriate according to the commandments of God. And so they were really not following the word of God. And therefore, they did not realize the surprise that was going to occur where God would leave his temple. What kind of judgment did God promise for Judah's idolatry? Well, he promises them that he will go against them and they will be sorrowful because many of them will die at the sword of Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, or they also will die from famine. Uh, he said those who are living outside the city would die by the sword, and those in the city by famine. There would not be sufficient bread. There would not be appropriate water. So this is what God is going to do to his own people, the nation of Israel, who have forsaken him because of their idolatrous practices and going against not only the Ten Commandments, but also his commandments concerning proper worship. It's something the Sunday school children should be aware of.
and the Sunday school teacher should be teaching the children what is proper worship. It's not to put up our own gods, but to worship the God of Israel, and specifically Jesus Christ. God encourages them to turn from their transgressions. And the word used in Ezekiel is the word repentance, which means to turn or turn around. It's used a thousand times in the Old Testament, but it is God's work that leads a person to renounce his sin, to request God's mercy, and return to the ways of God. We remember that that was the ministry of John the baptism, a baptism of repentance. Why did God regard the sin of idolatry so seriously? Because it breaks the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. They should fear, love, and trust in the true God alone. And when they don't, it's kind of like, well, Sunday school children who break the rules of the family in a home. They are rejecting God's rule over them by their parents. And they're thinking that they're better than their parents and they disobey their parents. And therefore, there is the consequence of negative discipline, but that is to help them to learn the ways of God. So the way a family works in a Christian environment is the way that God was working with his nation of Israel to have them repent and therefore be saved. Tell us about Ezekiel's vision of the cherubim. Yes, he has a lot of picture language that many scholars have difficulty in understanding, but you still get a pretty good idea. He says, and in his vision, there was four particular individuals, and there was a wheel wherever they went in whatever direction. Their whole body, their rims, and their spokes, their wings, and the wheels were full of eyes all around. Now that's to interpreted to mean they were knowing our sin. There is no way you can hide from the eyes of God. And every one of them, they had faces. The first was the face of the cherubim, and that was the angel in the Holy of Holies. The second was like a human face. The third was the face of a lion. And the fourth was a face of an eagle. And that is what God was bringing against the people of Israel 
because of their much disobedience and idolatry, which meant they were following other gods rather than the God of Israel. What does it mean that the glory of the Lord departed from the temple? The glory of the Lord was found in the Holy of Holies. That was a room that only the high priests would enter once a year on the Day of Atonement. And he would therefore provide sacrifices on behalf of the children of Israel, which pointed to the great sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who would become incarnate and die on the cross. But what I found really interesting was that God would go around and have his angels put a mark on the people's heads who were really, well, disgusted with the idolatry. And the mark that they used was the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It looks like an X or a cross in Ezekiel's day. Whoever had this sign escaped the horrible things that were to come. And the sign signified the blood of Christ who covers us with his own blood because the X can look like a cross on the forehead of those who were in exile, but disgusted with the abomination of the nation. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson on the Lord leaving the temple in Ezekiel. When we come back, what does God promise by way of restoration? What does it mean to inwardly digest God's Word? Find out in Pastor Will Whedon's column in the latest Issues Etc. journal. We'll send it to you for free. Just click the red journal subscription button in the right-hand column at issuesetc.org. In the Wittenberg Trail feature, Dr. John Warwick Montgomery tells his story of finding confessional Lutheranism to be the most scripturally faithful theology. The free online Issues Etc. journal, issuesetc.org. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod cares deeply for those who protect our nation. Are you or a loved one currently serving? Ministry to the Armed Forces would like to help. We provide devotional literature to encourage faith. Send your mailing address to lcmschaps at lcms.org or call us at 314-996-1337. Those in uniform are comforted with Psalm 28. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. A mobile Lutheran Bible study. You're listening to Issues Etc. When a 2018 fire nearly destroyed Milwaukee's historic Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church, we got to work, but continued to give the gifts Christ freely gives to his saints here in Milwaukee as we have since 1847. We are nearly two-thirds of the way to completion on this historic restoration, but we need help to finish this work. Will you join us? 
please consider joining us. Visit trinitymilwaukee.org for more information. And as pastor, I can't wait to welcome you home to Trinity. Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're teaching a Sunday School lesson from the prophet Ezekiel, God's glory departing the temple. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas will be hosting an information session Wednesday morning, January 31st. For those interested in learning about the school's preschool, pre-kindergarten, and K-12 classical education offerings, for more information, visit flsplano.org. Faith Lutheran School, Plano, Texas, flsplano.org. Org. Tom, what is the restoration that God promises the people? He does restore Israel after he moves from the holy house of Israel. He does that in three ways, leaving the abandonment of the temple. He begins by moving from the cherubim in the most holy place to the threshold of the temple. Then the second stage occurs where the glory resumes his place on the throne above the cherubim, but no longer in the most holy place. And the final stage is where the glory of the Lord reluctantly leaves. He goes to a mountain and allows a foreign nation to destroy the temple, Jerusalem, and the people. And in that way, he leaves the glory of the temple. It kind of reminds us of the cross of Jesus. What happened at the cross? It says the curtain of the temple tore in two. That was the rebuilt temple in part by Herod, but that curtain separated the Holy of Holies from the people. And when it tore in two, it did not mean that we could now enter the Holy of Holies. It meant that God left the temple. He, his spirit and his divinity had not returned to the temple until Jesus had entered it when he was young and later on and overthrew the tables where they were trying to sell and make money. God then, in Jesus, cursed the temple, and therefore the Holy Spirit would never again dwell within that temple. In fact, the temple wall that we see today is not really part of the original temple, but is part of the wall that Herod had rebuilt in trying to rebuild the temple. 
and it is something that only exists. This is a great lesson for this coming Sunday, the second Sunday after the Epiphany, because in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, God is trying to tell us to flee from immorality, which the people in Israel, many of them were not fleeing from. And then he says in verse 19 of 1 Corinthians 6, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. And Paul encourages the Christian church at Corinth to glorify God in their body by keeping from sin and leaving a life of sanctification, repenting of their sin, and pleading for forgiveness, knowing that Jesus provides that forgiveness as he promised from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. He said regarding that restoration, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake. What does that mean? Well, Jesus had done this before in the Old Testament, where people were mocking God because of the disobedience on the part of the children of Israel. And God was losing his reputation. And so God wanted to know that there is only one God, and he is the God of all nations. I am the God who created you. I am the God. That is said a number of times in the book of Ezekiel, and especially in chapter 36. He says that I will deliver you from all your uncleannesses and I will summon the grain and make it abundant and lay no famine upon you. This is the promise of Jesus Christ. It is a prophecy of cleansing. It's based on the imagery of ritual washings practiced under the Old Covenant, but is connected with the New Covenant fulfilled in Christ because this washing points to the real work of holy baptism. Remember John the Baptizer, I wash you only with water, but the man coming after me whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie, he will wash you with the Holy Spirit. And that's baptism. He brings his people back into a proper relationship with him. And that's what the children have. They have the Holy Spirit within them as they have been baptized, and they can 
therefore follow the will of God because they have the Holy Spirit's power within them. That's the message of this Bible lesson. Where do the Sunday school children see the glory of God today? They see the glory of God when they attend worship, because in worship, they see the wonderful sacraments of baptism, where God cleanses the sins of all those who are baptized. And also in the sacrament of the Holy Supper, where they receive the true body and blood of Christ after they have been confirmed in the Holy Church, learning about the true meaning of that sacrament and loving God because what he has done for us. It's a tremendous message that the children should learn that when they enter into church, when they read the Bible at home, when they listen to their parents connecting Luther's small catechism, learning about that at home, they are getting the best of instruction, not just from the pastor or the Sunday school teachers, but from God himself. Finally, what's the long gospel of this lesson? The law is, it is clear that the people who were in exile were trusting in their own self-righteousness. They thought that they were good enough to be saved because they were worshiping idols they loved. But the gospel is, no, those sins were forgiven by the death of Jesus Christ on the cross and his sacrifice for the people so that salvation is of the Lord. And that's what the children are doing in Sunday school classes. They are hearing the word of God. Just as our Old Testament reading has Samuel hearing the word of God and Eli telling him, listen to that word of God, for through that comes your salvation. And that's what Sunday school is all about. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. For more information on Law and Gospel, visit the Talk On Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. Tom, thanks. And thank you. Dr. Michael New will be with us on the other side of the break from the Charlotte Lozier Institute. We're going to talk about pro-life prospects in 2024. week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we wrap up Colossians with The New Life at Home and in the Workplace, A Door for the Word, Greetings Part 1 and Greetings Part 2. Then we launch into Paul's epistle to Titus on Friday with The Hope of Eternal Life. Join me 
Pastor Will Whedon for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. Unforgiveness is a prison, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for January will help you break out of the unforgiveness in your own life. It's titled, Unforgivable? How God's Forgiveness Transforms Our Lives. This new book is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040. Or learn more about Unforgivable at issuesetc.org. Unforgivable, How God's Forgiveness Transforms Our Lives, The Issues Etc. Book of the Month. Luther Academy provides additional theological education for our mission partners around the world, specifically pastors who are asking for additional education but do not have the necessary resources in their own church bodies. By donating to Luther Academy today, you will be supplying food, housing, books, professors, and travel for Lutheran pastors who attend our conferences. To learn more about Luther Academy and how you can donate today, visit lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com. Hello, this is Roy Askins with The Lutheran Witness. You've heard me talk about all the great content we publish in the print magazine of The Lutheran Witness, but I wanted to share with you that we have even more online. Visit our website, witness.lcms.org, where you'll hear even more content on worship this month in particular from Cantor Phil Magnus. We also have a series on literature right now going on and a series on church art with much more planned in the future. You can get all that for free on witness.lcms.org. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Real Reformation Radio, you're listening to Issues Etc. At the center of our campus is Kramer Chapel, and there's a reason for that. Issues Etc. guest, Dr. Arthur Just. Because it is the heartbeat of Concordia Theological Seminary. It is where we go to hear the voice of Jesus and frequently be fed with the body and blood of Christ. We sometimes call it our Jerusalem. Kramer Chapel points to the classroom, which we sometimes call Athens. It is there that we do theology, biblical studies, systematic theology, practical theology, history. We love theology here, and we love the study of it, and we love coming together in worship. It's one of the things that gives us great joy, joy in worshiping, joy in studying theology. Concordia Theological Seminary is all about the joy of being in Jesus. Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, ctsfw.edu.